So we've been discussing it is God who justifies. It is uh, God himself, the Father, who declares us innocent. There's much more to say about that, and I'd like to explore it with you today. I wonder if you realize how awesome and wonderful that is. That depends on whether you've gone through the agony of shame and guilt and fear. That's not very well known these days, because we stuff it all with, what, Xanax or whatever it may be, whatever drug we use, and uh, the result is that we don't feel what we ought to feel in order to see that Jesus is so necessary for us. Well, let's uh, explore it, shall we? Colin Cook here and how it happens. Thanks for joining me today. You're listening to the good news of the gospel described in the book of Romans. I say that every time. I hope it won't be uh, too tedious to hear it. But this book is utterly astonishing. It is the reason that you and I, now listen to this carefully, it is the reason that you and I are Americans today. Because if it had not been for the book of Romans, if it had not been for the Reformation and the righteousness that Paul, uh, that uh, uh, Martin Luther saw in this book, the righteousness that comes to us by faith, there would have been no Western world, no Reformation. Uh, there would have been uh, a darkness very similar to the medieval period. Well, listen to the program. Every Monday through Friday, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. You can also hear the program on your smartphone. Simply go to soundcloud.com slash faithquest. Or you can download the app soundcloud.com and then key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. Do the same also with podbean.com or go directly to faithquest.podbean.com. So in this wonderful chapter, chapter 8 of Romans, where Paul is talking about uh, life in the kingdom of grace as freedom from the power of death, living in the spirit of the resurrected life of Christ by faith, he says, "'Who shall bring a charge against God's elect?' It is God who justifies. We'll talk about the elect issue uh, at another time, not too far ahead. But let's keep pondering this thought that it is God who justifies. God who declares innocent. You know, we unfortunately, and it's a very sad thing to say, have forgotten our history as Americans, and I don't mean the uh, development of America as a, a nation uh, separate from uh, Britain. Uh, I mean, I mean before that, when uh, the medieval church was in full sway uh, throughout the whole of Europe. You know, there was no reading of the Bible then. Not only was there no uh, printing press. The Bible had to be written out by hand, but there were very few of them, and even priests didn't read the Bible. If you were to become a monk, after your initiation, you and you happened to possess a Bible, you were required to give it up so that you could get on then reading the philosophers of Ar the philosophies of Aristotle and others, 
and it was supposed that Aristotle, there was no contradiction between Aristotle and the Church. It was an astonishing thing that Luther discovered the Bible and started reading it contrary to what was the popular thing among monks, and he devoured it. He devoured it from cover to cover. He was absolutely fascinated by it, but he didn't see the truth very, very well at first. And this may sound like a little embarrassing thing, but it is believed that he was on the toilet one day when he was thinking of Romans 1 verse 17. For the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Previously, Martin Luther, as a Roman Catholic priest and monk, was terrified by that verse because he thought it meant the holy judge uh, mental God in his righteousness who was going to um, divide the world with a sword, as it were. But And he couldn't understand how to get righteous and to be righteous before God. But then as he was sitting on the toilet and he was thinking of this verse, it came, it came to him that Paul was talking about the righteousness that God provides and gives us, counts us, uh, counts to us in Christ, the righteousness that God counts to us in Christ. And it was like a new world opened up to him. And he found it quite convenient that uh, this happened at such an embarrassing uh, moment, as it were, embarrassing, not really, but on the John, because God comes to us in this earth in his Son, Jesus Christ, in the most earthy, natural ways that we're all familiar with. But, you know, Martin Luther knew terrible, terrible agony of uh, guilt and shame and fear, and that is not a common thing that is known very much in the West these days. We're in the post-Christian era where guilt isn't a common thing. Why should we be guilty? We don't understand the nature of God's holiness, the nature of our sin. We tend to think of ourselves as all basically good at heart, and that religion is, a, and that Christianity is simply a question of finding ourselves and coming to peace with ourselves. We don't realize what really the condition of mankind is. I will tell you, and I don't want to be melodramatic here, but uh, I have known that guilt and that shame and that fear, and it tormented me for years and years. There is nothing worse than becoming a Christian, period, <laughs> not quite. There is nothing worse than becoming a Christian without understanding the gospel. It is possible to become a Christian, to give your heart to Christ, but not to understand what he has done for you, not to understand the atoning work of Christ on the cross, not to understand that that was a judgment on your behalf. And so you become a Christian and learn all the ways of uh, being a, a moral and godly person without grace. 
And when that happens, as it did to me from the age of sixteen to thirty-one, there is nothing but torment in the soul, because one endlessly feels one is not good enough. And there, there is, for me, there was this endless striving to be righteous in order for God to declare me to be good in order for God to declare me righteous. Do you see that that is the torment? That is the agony, and that is what so many Christians have forgotten today. And that is why it is not a surprise for them to hear that God justifies. How? Well, they think he justifies by saying, Well, well done, Colin. You've overcome everything. You're conforming to the law now. You're perfectly obedient. So I will call you, I will justify you, declare you innocent. So many people then think that God justifies us because we are good. There's no surprise in that, is there? That's legalism at the very core. And it was only when I went to Andrews University in Berrien Springs, Michigan, and listened to the gospel under Dr. Hans Larondell, who was uh, giving uh, classes three times a week in the Book of Romans, it was only then that I learned what Martin Luther learned about the awesome and wonderful God of ours who declares us righteous even when we are sinners, as we believe. You say, well, how sure are you of that, Colin? Well, (laughs) don't forget what we've studied, if you perhaps you've only just joined us, though, in this radio program. But Romans chapter 4, But to him who does not work, that is, work for his salvation, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly. Just think of that. God declares innocent the ungodly. How does he do that? Well, it says in Romans 3.28, we conclude that a man is justified, that is declared innocent, by faith, apart from the deeds of the law. And I want to make it clear to you, or remind you, that you are not declared innocent by faith. Well, you say, Colin, you just read a verse that said we are declared innocent by faith. Yes, but that is shorthand. Paul using shorthand, because what he means is, and we can see this all very clearly through the book of Romans, we are justified by Christ in whom we have faith. If you think that faith justifies you, then you will wonder whether you have enough faith and whether your faith is sincere enough or strong enough or repentant enough. But if you look to Christ and ask yourself, is he strong enough? Is he good enough for me? Then you will always answer yes to that question, won't you? Christ is my righteousness. And so when this gradually became clear to Martin Luther, you know, the Reformation didn't all happen in a year. It was, uh, it was over a period of many years. Martin Luther did not see that he should leave the Roman Catholic Church. He did not see that it was an antichrist. He did not see that it substituted uh, for the righteousness of Jesus. He saw Christ and the Pope as one and the same. And it took years to learn, to understand, as he saw the gospel, that Jesus Christ's righteousness does not require me to pay indulgences for my sins. 
that is, to pay a bit of money to the priest who will send that money to Rome to build St. Peter's so that I can be released from various years of of, uh, punishment in purgatory. And sometimes it was millions of years, let me tell you. These bizarre and incredibly um, crude and horrible doctrines had developed over years because people had forgotten the Bible. People had forgotten what Christ had done for them. And I want you somehow, and I want to try to, to try to convey to you the surprise and the awesome and wonderful shock that God, our Heavenly Father, and His Son Jesus Christ, declare us freed from judgment by the love and the judgment they put upon themselves instead of us. This is the awesome truth of the gospel. And if you want to be surprised by joy all over again, surprised by the gospel, get your head into it. Get your head into the gospel. Get your head into the book of Romans and be awakened to the glory that is uh, sitting before you. One of the greatest and greatest shames of the 21st century is that we have the Bible in front of us and we do not open it. When in fact, so many in the medieval period had no Bible and longed and thirsted for the Word of God. Well, thank you for listening today. And uh, I'd like to ask if you would please kindly consider uh, sending, a do- sending a donation to the Ministry of Faith Quest Perspectives, which puts on this broadcast, uh, so that we can keep it going. I have to afford it to pay for it. And it's just, this is a small ministry. This um, radio program has been going for 25 years, but it relies on you to keep going. So if you would like to make a donation, please send it to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or send your make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. Thanks then for all your support, and I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.